Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. After the healing of the man born blind in chapter 9 of John's Gospel, Jesus goes on to interpret that miracle in the first two-thirds of chapter 10, which is where we are today. And that is called oftentimes the Good Shepherd Discourse. And every year on the fourth Sunday of Easter, which is where we are today, part of this discourse is used for the gospel lesson. Today we get the final portion of that discourse. Psalm 23 is always the accompanying psalm, and I thought today it would be appropriate to read that psalm together. Jesus is engaged in a debate with those around him, and this time he's in the portico of Solomon, and this was a place where the kings of Israel would render judgment. It's appropriate that that's where Jesus is. And initially, this conversation, it seems pretty straightforward. Jesus is asked, so Jesus, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, why don't you just come right out and say so? But Jesus isn't really buying their sincerity. He's not taking that question at face value. And he fires back, look, I've already told you and you don't believe what I say. The work that I do in my Father's name, it testifies to me. It shows, it proves who I am. But you don't believe because you don't belong to my sheep. Whoa. And as unsettling as those words are, there's also a powerful promise in today's lessons. In the gospel, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. In fact, what the Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand either. Psalm 23 is perhaps one of the most well-known passages of scripture, so well-known that even non-believers, if you start to recite Psalm 23, could say bits and pieces of that psalm as well. It holds a similar promise. But when something is so familiar, we often have trouble really hearing its true message. Psalm 23 is a Jewish psalm, and the Jewish people were called Israel, which means those who have struggled with God. They struggled for a home that they were always trying to get into, hold on to, or get back to. They struggled for peace. They struggled for food. They struggled for a future, but most importantly, they struggled for faith in God. The Hebrew people, these Israelites, they longed to trust God as sheep trusts a shepherd, but their lives were hard. 
And often they were too anxious to believe that there were green pastures up ahead, or they were too afraid to believe that goodness and mercy would always follow them. So what they did too frequently was they would rush down more promising paths toward more manageable gods, which always led them into unmanageable troubles. And then they would return once they got in trouble to worship and repent of their bad choices. They would come back to God and they would cry out to God for deliverance until they went back over here to their paths and their evil ways again. And then when they got in trouble, they would come back and they would cry out to God for deliverance until things settled down. And then they would go back over here again. And the Psalms repeat this theme of straying and returning, of being lost and then being found, of being judged and then being forgiven. This was their story. And doesn't it sound familiar because it's our story too? God, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And then we find ourselves on the other side of sin. And then we come back and we repent. And darn it, if that sin doesn't creep up on us again. And then we go back, God, I'm sorry. The words that we hear today are words that need to be spoken over all of us. And if you turn on the news and you listen to what's happening in the world today, they're words that need to be spoken over the world The words that need to be spoken over those children involved in the school shootings and running for fear of their lives. The words that need to be spoken over that woman who was found bound and gagged in that abandoned house in California, victimized by domestic violence. The words that need to be spoken over our college graduates seeking jobs now that they're graduating. The words that need to be spoken to people fearful of being stopped by the police because of the color of their skin and their words that need to be spoken over the police who never know what will happen when they arrive on the scene of a crime. The words that need to be spoken over mid-career persons afraid of losing their jobs and retirees with no idea what to do next. To persons mired in grief at the loss of their spouses, their children, their friends, and to persons shattered by the ruin of a relationship. These words, both from the psalm and from the gospel, are just what we need to hear today. That God will not abandon us. That Jesus will hold on to us through all things. That God will never, ever let us go. And yes, there are many times when life conspires to make us feel unsafe or unworthy or unloved. And it's in the midst of this that God's word proclaims a greater reality. The reality of his undying and unconditional and unending love. My sheep hear my voice. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You and I long for someone to lead us to quiet waters. For someone to reassure us as we enter the many valleys where death lurks. I don't know about you, I don't mind calling the Lord my shepherd. 
but I'm not too keen about being a sheep. I had hoped one day that I would be an eagle of the Lord or perhaps a lion. But sheep aren't particularly smart. They scare easily. They're prone to getting lost. And while most of us sitting here look like we're put together, you know, we come in dressed all nice and whatever. We don't look lost. And yet we do lose our way, don't we? Or is it God's way that we lose? Some of us have gotten lost in battles against declining health. Some are lost in grief. Some might be lost in shame for something that they've done or left undone. Only you know where you get lost. And so the psalmist and Jesus know exactly what they're doing when they use this image of sheep, whether we like it or not. Have you ever been really scared? Maybe it took a disease to scare you. A diagnosis or a pink slip from your job or the realization that a loved one is never coming back. We sometimes speak of being scared stiff or paralyzed by fear, but as a pastor, I've seen people react to fear by running. They just go into overdrive, unable to find rest or peace. Get all agitated. Psychologist Rollo May once wrote that humans are the strangest of all God's creatures because they run the fastest when they've lost their way. I remember before the invention of the GPS when Jeff and I would drive somewhere and he'd get lost. And I'd say, why don't you just pull over and we'll ask for directions? And he'd say, no, nah, we'll get there. And he'd speed on down the road and be like, honey, slow down so we can at least see where we are. He goes, ah, no, I, I, I got this, I got this. And he would just drive faster. The loster we got, the faster he would go. Like, and that's how we would get into real trouble. By going faster when we were lost. It's how we would make bigger mistakes, take wrong turns, end up with dead ends. And isn't that true with us as human beings? It's how we make the worst mistakes with relationships, with family, with work, by running when we're lost. And the same can be said for churches. Not convinced that it's the Lord that's shepherding us toward greener pastures, we veer off course, we take dead ends, we scatter in a hundred directions at once. But the thing that we can't outrun is God himself, especially a God who's become one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so a woman gets caught in adultery and just as the crowd gathers round to stone her to death, Jesus picks her up and he says, you're forgiven. Go and sin no more. And a tax collector named Zacchaeus is the resident schmuck of the city and everybody knows it. And he's making his living by overcharging his neighbors. 
and ripping them off. And Jesus spots him hiding in the sycamore tree. And he says, you know what? I can make sheep out of smucks. Let's go have lunch. And a Samaritan woman living on the wrong side of the track, she bumps into Jesus at the well. And moments later, she's telling the whole village about this man who knows everything about her. And he loves her anyway. Even a criminal pinned on a cross. A man who deserves death and has no hope at all. Even he in all his guilt and shame is pulled into the flock and hears the good shepherd say today, even you will be with me in paradise. The psalm writer David sums it up like this. We just said these words. You are with me. I tried to get away, but no matter where I turned, there you were. David knew that all too well. You are with me. That's how David survived the valley of death's shadow. When his enemies lay in wait, it's how Jesus survived those anxious days and nights leading up to Calvary. It's how the early church survived persecution for preaching the resurrection. You are with me. Believing this is how we as a church walk alongside one another in these small groups as we go deeper in God's word. It's how we walk alongside one another when someone's going through difficulty, reminding them that he is indeed with us. That they may see and know God's presence in their own dark valley. You are with me. It's how you and I can find peace in the midst of uncertainty, not by running, but by stopping and being still. By allowing the Lord to catch us and quiet our souls. He's prepared a table for us this morning. In the presence of our enemies, whoever and whatever they are. It's at this table that he meets us. In the bread of forgiveness and the wine of hope. It's at this table where the lost are found, where those who struggle are fed and sustained and nourished to carry on. You are with me, he says. So come, be still. Stop running from whatever it is long enough to eat And drink and rest. And know the truth that David proclaimed. And know the truth that Jesus proclaimed. That you are with me and that no one will snatch you out of my hand. The truth that has power to transform our lives and make them whole. In the name of Jesus. Amen.